I want to warn all parents today, this show is very graphic in nature. If you have small children, this is not a show for them to watch. But as a parent, you need to watch because the story you are about to see could happen to you. Today in the Dr. Phil house, twins addicted to heroin. What transpired behind these walls is disturbing. It's real and it cannot be missed. I first tried heroin when I was 15. That was the first time I shot up. The shocking story of how these twins went from this to this. When I first saw the footage of the twins, I knew that both of them were in trouble. Five dollars of crack shot two dime bags of heroin and just shot up like five dollars of powder crack. Tacoa has actually done heroin while she is pregnant. Sarah, I can't believe this girl is still alive. I mean, I feel like crawling up in a ball and, or being like, help me. Now, the ultimate intervention. We'll bust your ass and put you in the penitentiary. You're going to do it. It's raw, it's real, and it starts right now. Coming up. Let's do it. I want you to get excited about your life. Here we go, in 10. Stand by, camera Nine. six. If you're going to talk to me, you're going to have to be honest. Stand by, Dr. Phil. Showtime. This is going to be a changing day in your life. I'm taking people with real problems and moving them into the Dr. Phil house. I'm going to put you under a microscope. Need a camera here, need one here. I'm putting cameras everywhere to see what really happens behind closed doors. I am moving in with you. Have you ever walked down the street and passed a homeless person or a druggie and wondered about their family? What went wrong? Who gave up on them? We're going to meet a 25-year-old girl who hit rock bottom. Her name is Sarah. She's a heroin junkie, a crack addict, and a street prostitute. Her twin sister, Tacoa shared Sarah's gritty life until she was picked up for drug possession and sentenced to 73 days of jail time which included going cold turkey off the crack and heroin. What's even worse, Tacoa is six months pregnant. But the twins' lives didn't start off this way. They had a loving mother and stepfather that provided for them. From all appearances, they look like a wholesome, all-American family. But how do you go from this to this? It's not as hard as you think if you are a parent who fails to react. You may remember my past guest, Joni, a recovering drug addict who was a rehab nurse. She is now almost two years sober and committed to helping other addicts. Last summer, Joni read about Sarah in her local newspaper. The article said that Sarah was literally on the verge of death. Joni said she just felt the need to seek out Sarah and get her some help. When Joni finally found her, she was so far gone, she was living in a cemetery. Joni documented over 21 hours of video showing Sarah living on the streets. It's shocking footage of a desperate young woman, much in need of an intervention. Sarah, 25-year-old, heroin, crack addiction, prostitute. I feel like I'm on a life and death rescue mission. I'm a drug addict, I'm in recovery. The Dr. Phil Show saved my life. A big part of my recovery is reaching out to other addicts. I found Sarah through a newspaper article. 
It talked about a girl who was a prostitute, addicted, and lived in a graveyard. I felt compelled when I met Sarah to help save her life. For Sarah, her drug use is all she lives for. As a mother, it is um, extremely difficult to watch. I need something to tie up with, anything. I spent months with Sarah. I've witnessed everything. I've seen her shoot heroin. I think heroin, I don't know, it keeps you youthful. When you do that one shot, it's just like magic. You automatically feel better. a relief and it's just instant gratification. How do you get your money? Um, a prostitute. She prostitutes 24-7. This is where I trick. This is where I walk up and down. Hey, this is Sarah. Two minutes? Okay, I'm waiting on you. He paid like $80 for It's degrading. You're getting paid for your soul. I do not want to live like this. I am scared all the time. I've seen her get beat up. It's too graphic to really mention. Kids are falling us down to the water and beat us up. Punch me in my face, punch me in my stomach, and they, he actually pushed me down I've seen her smoke crack. It makes you feel really energetic. It's like speed, you know? It's the opposite of heroin. So, and it gives you this rush. Yeah, that crack's good. Five dollars for the crack, shot two dime bags of heroin, and just shot up like five dollars for the powder crack. I had a whole smorgasbord. There's an heroin man. Sometimes it'll smack me in my face. Oh my God, look at me. I'm homeless and I know I look horrible. She shoots drugs very frequently in the cemetery. Where are we going and get high? <laughs> See how that resin stuff left over on the side? That's gonna be a good hit. <laughs> Kind of sad though, you feel comfortable where all the dead people are. My lighter's dying, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready to do some dirt now. When you shoot that much heroin, your blood pressure drops, your pulse drops, and the most dangerous thing is your respirations drop and your respirations can stop, and you essentially fall asleep and die. Sarah? I'm looking for Sarah. It's a little creepy. 
I can't find her anywhere. Sarah? I haven't seen her for about 24 hours. She must be either passed out or jumped into somebody's car. Sarah! Every time when she wanders off like this, I think the girl's dead. Coming up, the frantic search for Sarah. It's been 48 hours. I'm still looking for Sarah. This is a scary-ass neighborhood. Is she? Plus, the shocking story of how the addiction began. I introduced Sarah to heroin when she was 16. And Sarah sells her body on the streets. I like this one. John's looking for me. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I must warn you that today's show is very graphic in nature. You may not want your children to watch. We've been telling the story of 25-year-old twins, Sarah and Tokoa. Sometimes Sarah will go missing for days at a time. Joni has spent all hours of the night looking for her, never knowing if she's gonna turn up on her doorstep alive or dead. What triggered this downward spiral for the girls? Sarah and her twin sister, Tokoa, say they turned to drugs when the only man in their life that they ever loved left. My twin daughters, Sarah and Tokoa, are smart and beautiful young women. Sarah and Tokoa both had a lot of dreams. They were very talented artistically. They swam, rode horses. I married Perry when the girls were about four years old. When my mom did get married again, that was a really happy moment for me. Perry legally adopted Sarah and Tokoa after we'd been married a year. I felt like I was finally gonna be able to have a family, home life for the girls. The girls loved him a lot and he treated them as if they were his own. Those few years really were the best years of my life. I had this really smart, loving father that I thought would be with me and Sarah for the rest of our lives. After we'd been married about a year, my father died suddenly. I got very depressed afterwards. Perry tried to be compassionate and understanding, but for some reason I would not let him help me. I had left him and we divorced. I hated Cindy for what she did to the marriage. They divorced and, you know, that kind of dream, that kind of fatherly thing that I was looking for crumbled all down. Perry was the only dad I knew and he made me feel unworthy when he left. That was kind of the turning point in my life. I started vandalizing, smoking weed and drinking. I was acting out to get his attention. After we separated, Perry still was very involved in Sarah and Tokoa's life. They continued to spend summers with, with Perry until one summer he called me very upset and accused me of sending him delinquents. He caught them stealing. We found out that they had been stealing the hood ornaments off of cars and Tokoa had a, a collection of them. 
They were allowed to be smoking at a very young age. They shoplifted. He read their mail, he inspected their room because he just didn't trust them after that. He gave them an ultimatum that if they didn't come live with him all the time, that he just would not have anything to do with them. I do blame Perry for taking himself out of their lives at a critical time. And when he did that to them, I know it had an effect on them. I definitely feel like it left a, a void in their life. We all make decisions, right or wrong, and it was not an easy one to make. And then he got married again, and that was even worse. He just kept easing his way out of our lives. Kind of like, well, you're not my real children, so let me go ahead and make my own little life. I had this hollow hole inside of me that I needed to fill with something. And maybe it was the lack of a permanent father figure, and I filled it up with drugs. As a newly single mother, Cindy struggled to keep up with her rebellious daughters. Take a look. As far as I was concerned, their teenage years were pretty typical. My whole addiction thing, I know, because I look back now, I started taking no-dos, the no-dos that yeah, keep you awake, yeah. and the night all to make you sleep. Like, I started stealing those from Target before I really even did drugs. Even though I knew Sarantico had experimented with marijuana and alcohol, but I wasn't overly concerned. We both experimented in middle school, and we hung out with the wrong crowd. And then I started smoking weed. I've used all different kinds of pills, Xanax, Klonopin, Oxycontin, hallucinogenics, acid, shrooms, um, ecstasy, heroin, and crack. We talked about everything, sex or drugs or alcohol. I wanted to be sure that they knew the dangers of everything. First time I drank liquor, I, I OD'd. I mixed like five liquors together and just drank it at once. And Dakota said that I just would start throwing up all over her, just throwing up, throwing up. She said I would not stop throwing up. She called my mom and my mom and called the ambulance. Then it really took a, a drastic turn for the worse. After that point, things went straight downhill. At the tender age of just 15 years old, Tokoa took her first shot of heroin. It was an act that would end up infecting the entire family. Me and Sarah have abused heroin for years. I first tried heroin when I was 15. That was the first time I shot up. I introduced Sarah to heroin when um, she was 16. I would try to get her to use it with me. Hey, I found this wonderful drug and it feels great. Why don't you try it? Not knowing that I'm like handing her this bag of, you know, death and horrible life. I had no idea that this was happening. Me and my mom were always best friends until I started really getting into drugs. I was fully hooked on heroin when I was 16. I probably would have sold my own mom to get a fix. 
I knew that they were on drugs, but there was no way I could stop it. When they first started using, they stole things from me to pawn for drugs. When I stole from my mom, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, I'm not totally robbing her, but <laughs> I was still sick. They would leave home for weeks or months at a time, and I wouldn't know where they were. I've been arrested multiple times for drug possession and theft. And I was jealous that Sarah got to go out and get up while I was in jail. While Tacoa was in jail, Joni videotaped Sarah showing a friend how to shoot heroin. I've always wanted to try it. Can you get baby veins? Oh, this is what we call brand new veins, baby veins. Veins have not been hurt yet. To bump your arm like this, now all the way like this. Oh, I got it, I got it. Ugh. Oh, bro. Tell us how you feel it. Come on. Take your cameras in. Did you feel it? Yeah. Cool. Are you good, friend? Yes, I'm not like it. It was an absolutely chilling scene. Dakota introduced Sarah to heroin, the drug that destroyed her life, and now Sarah was shooting IV heroin into a young girl. Sometimes I feel like, like I've failed them as a mother. I really do feel like a junkie and a loser. I feel like if Sarah and Tacoa don't get help um, soon, that their drug addiction will lead them to death. Coming up, with Tacoa in jail, Sarah struggles to survive on the dangerous streets. She's out there alone. If she shoots too much heroin, there's no one to help revive her. Dude. Today, we're talking about 25-year-old twins, Sarah and Tacoa, who went down the wrong path and found themselves living on the streets addicted to crack and heroin. With Tacoa in jail for drug possession, Sarah was out on the streets alone. Her addiction was all-consuming and her health was severely compromised. Besides the infection on her face and not being able to keep food down, Sarah has hepatitis C and gonorrhea in the eye from a sexual encounter while prostituting. Earlier, Sarah went missing and I finally found out what happened to her. With Joni behind the camera, let's take a look at a day in the life of Sarah. Again, we want to warn you, this is graphic material. It's been 48 hours. I am still looking for Sarah. Maybe if she's in jail, she's safe. Sometimes she just passes out in this field. This is a scary-ass neighborhood. Where is she? What happened? I got stuck in Fent Island. What happened? This guy I know just dropped me off there. We, we went there and we did business and he just left me there. And then I had to hitchhike back and I haven't been able to, I didn't get back until this morning. When I first saw Sarah, she looked dead. She looked unhappy. She looked unclean. It 
broke my heart. Dude, she had infection all over her face. She had wild woman hair. She was dehydrated. If I can't get a vein, I'll try another spot and try another spot. Drugs are always on my mind. 147, I'm always thinking about drugs. I did three bags of heroin all together, and then a 20 of crack. I'm ready to do some more. <laughs> Sarah will shoot drugs until she reaches the point of unconsciousness. Her body is so worn down from living on the street and the drugs that she gets a bacterial infection. Whenever I get high off crack, I always want to pick my face, which sucks. Because then it leaves scars. My face has gotten really f***ed up. I haven't brushed my teeth in a while. I don't know. <laughs> I've lost four teeth. On. They're rotten. She has a really hard time keeping food down. <laughs> I start gagging when I'm sick. Sometimes I make myself dumb, you know, feel better. She has a lot of problems with her bowels. She's in really bad shape. When I cough and spit up stuff, I call that crack hack. All this mucus shit, like nasty mucus. Like, I'm like, you see all this black that's left on the, um, I can imagine what's in your lungs. When you're high, it's like you don't care about anything, you know. Nuclear bomb could go off and you wouldn't care. I worried about Sarah a lot when I was in jail. I was just worried that she might OD. Some nut ball might pick her up and, you know, cut her up or just beat her up. I've been hit in the face like more than five times by like little kids. They would follow me and they were. She's out there alone, and that bothers me too because we took care of each other out there, and she's alone. It's so lonely without her, you know? You really made me so mad. I was like standing all by myself. And she was walking down the street with somebody, and she just started singing that stupid song, um, all by myself, wanna be all by, like, just singing it really loud, like, just making fun of me or something. I'm like, F you. It's really dangerous out there for her. You know, if she shoots too much heroin, there's no one to help revive her. Oh, Jesus. I worked at a state alcohol and drug rehab for seven years, and if I was admitting Sarah, she would rank as one of the very severest, sickest addicts that's out there. Oh, sucking on my glass. That's what we call it. This is my glass. Wow. Every day when I leave Sarah, I think this could be the day that I don't see her again. She is very close to the end. 
I can almost hear you thinking from here. You are wondering how in the world the twins' mother, Cindy, could let her daughter's lives get this bad. Well, I'm going to ask her next. Coming up. I would turn a trick one every other hour. That's extremely difficult to watch. You pay like $80. Where were you when they were doing it? Today, we're talking about twin sisters who both have a raging addiction to heroin and crack cocaine. Sarah and Tacoa started shooting up at age 15. Now, nearly 10 years later, they've run their lives into the ditch. They disengaged from society and were selling their bodies to buy drugs. I needed to talk to the twins' mother, Cindy, to find out why she thinks things got this bad. No mother would ever want this. But on the other hand, it doesn't just happen either. I've got some questions that have really been burning in my mind. Because you have the benefit of 2020 hindsight, you can help every mother in America. It's about looking back and saying, what did I miss? When I look back, I didn't pick up on things they were doing at that time, which to me seemed like normal teenage behavior and experimentation. I want you to take your own inventory looking back. What kind of things did you consider normal at the time? I thought they were starting to maybe experiment with alcohol or marijuana when they were 12, 13 years old, okay. which I did not know. And, and I guess the so question I is, how do you miss that? When, when you're a mother with two girls and, and they're drinking or smoking dope, which you now know they were. Right. Don't you ask yourself, was I blind? How did I not see it? Did I not see their eyes when they came home? When were they doing it? Where were they doing it? Where were you when they were doing it? I was probably at work, or they were out with friends, and maybe I wasn't awake when they came home. I couldn't watch them 24-7, and no parent can. But being a single mom made it harder. Oh, definitely. No question about oh, it. Definitely. Did you have in your mind that at 12 or 13 years of age, some experimentation with alcohol, some experimentation with marijuana was just typical teenage behavior? Sure. Because okay. that was my experience growing up. How old were you when you took your first drink? I was 13. And did you smoke marijuana? Uh, not long after that. Okay, so at 13, you were, you, you were dealing with alcohol right. and drugs. That tells me your definition was that some drinking and some marijuana consumption at 12 and 13 falls under the heading of typical teenage experimentation right. in this day and time. Not acceptable. But, but you did accept it. You did it yourself had, when we you had, were that age, and then they right, did it. Right, but I sure didn't want my daughters doing that. You just try to teach them and hope they make the right decisions. You said a great deal of their lives were taken away from you by the drugs, and that you're mad at the system. How can you be mad at the system and not mad at yourself? Well, I have been mad at myself at times. For a single parent, you do rely on people at schools to help you if you're having a problem. I didn't even know that they were cutting classes. Let's, let's face it, these twins were just cute as they could be. They watched the same TV shows other kids watch. They 
had stuffed animals everywhere. They were just like every other girl in America and then wound up in a really bad spot. I think it's important that you know where those girls have been. Now, we shot a video uh, on the street to get an idea of what that street life was all about. Let's take a look at this and then we'll discuss it. I've worked as a prostitute for about three years. I'd met this girl off the streets and you know, I just spent a day with her, just watching what she did and I'm like, Damn, that's easy. It's just all this money and get high as hell. Like that corner over there is like my corner to hang out at to, you know, try to make money. Tell me about the tricks. Is it mainly oral sex? Mainly oral sex, yeah. How much does it, how long does it take? Five minutes. I mean, sometimes jobs. I think it's part of the thrill. The whole sneaking around their wife or something, you know, picking up some strange girl, you know. I like there's one of my Johns looking for me. Yeah, oh old guy, he's actually handicapped. He's uh, on crutches. But he looks for you for jobs? Yeah. I can't believe you were going to do that old man. Come on, his money is green as everybody else. <laughs> she spent the night with a 30-year-old architect. And then I saw one of my dudes. The fat uh, guy? Yeah. He's a little chubby, yeah. He paid like $80 for a job. The real estate agent? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who is this guy? This lawyer dude, but he can't really get jobs because his don't get hard because he smokes coke. Just amazing to me, this average looking middle class white guy picks up a prostitute for lunch to smoke crack and have sex. I made some money trick. And I stayed up all night, smoked some crack, too. How many tricks did you do through the night? Mm, maybe like four or five. <laughs> Is the money gone? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Money's been gone. Did you have intercourse last night or just oral sex? I think I just did I'll give oral sex without a Sometimes I, I just, I'm too sick to even go and prostitute. I can't even walk up and down the street. And usually I perform oral sex. A lot of times when I'm sick, I can't do that because it just makes me want to gag. It just makes me want to throw up all the time. I would turn a trick one every other hour. Do you do tricks together? Yeah, we have done that. We don't do that money less than like $100. A guy will just have sex with his boat. It felt really degrading, but those thoughts went away fast when, you know, I saw the couple hundreds and was shooting the dope in my vein. Lying. They don't like that. It's degrading. It's you, you're getting paid for your soul. That's extreme.
extremely difficult to watch. I wish I could say there's one thing that would prevent that. I would say do it. And I know this was shocking to see. Yeah, to actually see it is very disturbing when it's your little girls that you're, and you couldn't stop it. You understand why I am so focused on this. I mean, they don't know who these guys are. Yeah. They don't know what they're shooting in their arms. I mean, somebody could give them arsenic. They wouldn't know the difference. They can overdose. You can see she's not thinking. I know. I so know all that. We it's just, do it. Sometimes you can't stop it, you know? They... We've got to be committed that we're going to do whatever it takes. Coming up. I'd be like crawling up in a barn or being like, help me. The girls need to move into the Dr. Phil house immediately. We are in a race against their certain death. I look at her and my thought is, is I'm looking at a young woman who's dying. To purchase tapes or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. Our former guest, Joni, followed heroin addict Sarah for a month in hopes of getting her help. Joni says she has never seen anything like this in over seven years as a nurse. She would search for Sarah on the streets, in the cemetery, empty fields, and even dark alleys. But Sarah was getting worse, dwindling away, closer to death. I don't wake up sick. I'm tired of being out here. I'm tired of this. I mean, I feel like crawling up in a barn or being like, help me. But it's like I'm an adult. It's like I gotta be a big girl. I use drugs because I felt I wasn't worth anything else. I was destined just to be a junkie. I look horrible. I feel and all this heat and just makes all this dirt just stuck on me. You know, I get all sticky and gross and grimy and all filthy and dirty. I feel I used to have hobbies. I used to be into photography. I can draw, like, designs. I got my own little style, but then I just stopped because I was just starting to use drugs a lot. Sometimes it'll smack me in my face. Oh, my God, look at me. I'm homeless. I haven't taken a shower for however long. I'm wearing the same clothes, and I'll think to myself, oh, my God, and I know I look horrible. This guy was there for a while. He actually mentioned that thing. He was like, God, you're looking rough. Your face is all broken out. I do not want to live like this. I know Sarah can't stop without intensive help. I watch Sarah sleep, and I look at her, and my thought is, is I'm looking at a young woman who's dying. She is surely dying. I told Joni, the girls and their mother, Cindy, that they need to move into the Dr. Phil house in Los Angeles immediately. We need to bring in doctors and get Sarah and Tacoa off the heroin and crack. We need an intervention, and we need to do it right now. 
I feel that we are in a race against their certain death or destruction. Coming up, Sarah prepares to come face to face with Dr. Phil, but she's only thinking about one thing. I'm just worried, like, how am I gonna bring heroin to LA? I'm not even really thinking about the show. Tacoa is six months pregnant with her ex-boyfriend's baby. She has been out of jail for only two weeks. Yay! Sarah is still shooting up heroin, smoking crack, and selling her body to pay for her drugs. I knew I had to send Joni to find the twins and bring them to the Dr. Phil house in Los Angeles. One of Joni's biggest concerns is how Sarah makes it through the six-hour flight to Los Angeles without her crack or heroin. Take a look. The day we left for the Dr. Phil house, Sarah was shooting heroin and smoking crack continuously. Yeah, Tell me how you're feeling about going to talk to Dr. Phil. I'm just worried about, like, what am I going to do with the heroin? I was thinking about that. Like, how am I going to bring heroin to L.A.? I'm not even really thinking about the show. I don't know. Well, but I'll face it when it comes. I'll be high, which will make it easier. Well, I'm excited. I hope it's really smooth and easy. So what are you going to say to Dr. Phil? Well, answer his questions and smile. You ready to go? I don't feel good. Bye. When we got to the airport, we got through security, and we went to the bathroom. Sarah wasn't coming out. I went to the bathroom, followed Sarah in, and she was shooting heroin and getting ready to light up the crack pipe. I have my crack pipe and my needle. That's the other way. When we got to the van and we were driving to the Dr. Phil house, Sarah got very quiet. I know she was in withdrawal. She was miserable. Yes, we're here. Go grab your luggage and then right through the front door you go straight. Yeah, I see like you were happy. Oh look, they got a picture of us. Some of these. Look how oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, you must have got goose. Look, I got goose. I got goose <laughs> look at pictures of Sarah and Deco when they were really young. They were just happy-go-lucky. They adapted well. They were creative children. And then when I look at pictures of them now, I just see two sad, hurting young women that really would like to be somewhere else and to be somebody else than what they've become. Turn the TV on. We're going to watch a message from Dr. Phil. Okay. Tacoa, Sarah, Cindy, I want to welcome you to the Dr. Phil house, but I want to tell you up front, you've entered my world now. I have access to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I am going to be watching. The real challenge, Sarah, is the one that you're going to have to make to step up and claim your life, because we all know if you spin back onto the streets, we're going to find you dead. 
Sarah was in full withdrawal when she arrived at the Dr. Phil house. It had been 12 hours since she had used and she was craving a fix. We'll be right back. Do you want to be a part of Dr. Phil's live studio audience? Email us at drphil.com for free tickets. Next time in the Dr. Phil house. You want to quit drugs? Yeah. Why? Because I hate living the way I do. The twins on heroin take on Dr. Phil. You're six months pregnant and you take a hit of heroin. As the ultimate intervention goes full force. Somehow, somewhere, I'm going to get you off of drugs. The withdrawals. I just don't feel good. I can't get up. The sabotage. Why did you go sabotage our efforts if you wanted her to quit? And the reality. That is one skanky looking cohort. All new Monday in the Dr. Phil house. I will do whatever it takes to save your life. You won't want to miss next week's show. Sarah is in full detox. She wants her drugs and she wants her drugs now. Will she get clean and off the drugs or is she going to walk out of the house and hit the streets of LA going back to her old habits? You'll find out next week. Thanks for being here. Goodbye. Well, I love being a twin. Yeah, I love my sister more than the moon and the stars. I would do anything for her. I feel getting on the Dr. Phil show can really turn my life around. A dream for me and Sarah in a sober life. To be happy.